Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. What's been on your radar lately for pelvic health clients? Hmm. I've had a lot of uh, pregnancy, pregnant clients, like pre, like birth prep. Uh, a lot of a lot of birth prep clients, um, some really early postpartum, like two three week postpartum clients. Yeah, that's kind of been the the big ones. I've been talking with a Pilates studio that's a little bit further out, kind of to a northern suburb, and um, probably will do at least a class and then potentially some clients um, there as well, like like kind of a second location cool um and that population will be probably a bit older so like sort of perimenopause menopause just because their their population is sort of older women mm-hmm. um that might be happening kind of the spring so a lot of their clients go down south in the, in the winter i like bless like i wish i could do that yeah um, and then come back in the spring so we'll see how that evolves and then I've been doing a lot of like one-on-one meetings with my like mentees from my my group. And it's been really interesting because a lot of them, the pelvic floor PTs anyway, work with other pelvic floor PTs who are seeing what they're doing, seeing how they're opening their mind to the fact that it is the whole body. And it's sort of like, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate that as if you're the different PT? Right. Well, we've been doing that our entire careers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you explain a concept that's not taught traditionally? Yeah. Right. So um, I feel like in physical therapy school and physical therapists, I, I don't need to generalize, but a lot of times we really like to follow the rules and we really get good at like taking tests and saying all the things that we're supposed to say and following what we learned in school and like what we learned in school is doctrine and um or so so then what we learn in a course is the is what we should do and that we need to be doing what everyone else is doing and and it's sort of been cool to see some of these therapists or other movement people be like I don't have to do what everybody's doing yeah or questioning some of the traditional methods that they that they've they've learned about and so um that's been kind of exciting the last last little couple weeks too cool so are you finishing up with a group now so so I'm just finishing up one-on-one so um everyone in the group gets um two one-on-one like meetings okay and then all the um live meetings and yeah so I you don't have really a timeline on when those need to be done it some of the people, some people from this last group are going to push it out because they are finishing like training or they're finishing 
something and they want to apply it a little bit longer before we meet again. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. Cool. All three of my evals this week were back pain, specifically mm. more left back pain. Interesting. I know. And two of them, I dry needled the left glutes, like just superior, <laughs> like lateral external rotators. And it was, they like, were like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. You know, like that nervy kind of back pain where it's like something is like not right, but it's not sciatica. It's not, it's just like tender and kind of shooty and locked up, um, but not like completely nerve related. So that was interesting. And that was fun. I love that stuff. Like lots of PRI integration, like left stance. And they're like, oh, squats don't hurt. I'm like, yeah, it's fun stuff. (laughs) I think it's so cool when there's like pain and then there's avoidance of a pattern because of pain but it was actually the avoidance of that pattern that was that is causing the pain and so when we show people like let's well let's move into that pattern and and what happens oh yeah or (laughs) I think I think neurologically sometimes what our body does is it shifts away um as like a protective thing and that yeah like when we when we show it like it's all right so it's funny because it's kind of correlating we talked last on last podcast like how I deadlifted and then I like squatted a couple days later in my left SI like I wish you were here to dry needle because it I've been doing like all of the things but it's in that point where it's just so tight that it's not released yet and so like when I was like getting all of these patients look like the same is she going on? I'm like, I can totally relate to this right now. <laughs> Maybe that is a phenomenon of military unrest. Maybe right? left it lives in the less eye joint, left side joint. It must. <laughs> like, if I could choose a superpower, I would want to have the ability to feel what other people are feeling. Like, turn it off and on. I wouldn't want to, like, right, right. you know, Live with but it. wouldn't that be amazing as like a PT? We- I feel like we kind of do anytime a client has really significant, like upper back pain. I always get upper back pain. I know I, that happens to me too. And I'm like, like what the hell is going on here? (laughs) And, and so it's, yeah, it's, that's, that is like always where I get it. If, if I'm going to like transfer like someone's issues onto me, it's always the upper back pain and the yoga studio I work with the owner. And then a few of the other practitioners are really big into like energy work and Reiki and astrology and like all of this cool stuff. And I bet you they'd be able to tell me like, Oh, the upper back is this. And that makes sense that why you would like take that on or whatever. Yeah. And it like as annoying as having pain is, I enjoy it to an extent. Cause I'm like, okay, if this is what they're feeling, like, how can I, it's been the best teacher, the best yeah. teacher, because and I think you yeah. figure out how to deal with it. And I think when we have pain, like when I have pain and having learned how to work through pain gives me confidence as to when I'm dealing with someone who has pain to not be nervous. Yeah. You know, like, because in pregnant people, but also in anyone, 
someone who's really in acute, a lot of pain, I think before earlier in my career, I've been like, okay, well don't push into pain or like, don't, okay, let's, um, let's guard or let's, let's work on bracing. And now I'm like, no, no, in order to get out of, to move through this and get better, we actually need to move. We need to push through that. And so this might feel a little bit scary. This might feel a little bit uncomfortable and obviously do what you, you know, if, if you need to stop it, stop it, but no, this will pass if we just go through it. And based on the testing of your body, based on these tests that we are seeing, we know that if we do X, Y, and Z, we're going to get where we want to get. Yeah. And, and I think that was that for me in PRI and just as a physical therapist in general, who's experienced pain is like, it's such a, it's such a valuable tool to have experienced it yourself. Yeah. And even symptoms like prolapse and like going through it and knowing what the triggers were, but also like how long it took to like, and these ebbs and flows and what was associated like stress, how stress or lack of sleep drove my symptoms and all of that. You can like confidently say like, this isn't forever, but it is a a journey. (laughs) You just got to buckle up and keep being persistent because this isn't like a joint pain where it's going to possibly go away real quickly. This is like the whole system approach. But what's interesting is I have not really had SI or pubic pain, like probably for over a year, maybe uh, longer than that. But these puppies have not let me sleep like a whole night for the last like five weeks. And I'm reminded of how important that sleep is. And then thinking about new moms and how they're healing and they're not getting continuous sleep. And I'm like, it makes so much sense why so many people have pelvic girdle pain and prolapse and all of these things because your stress is just driven up without that quality sleep. And it's just really, it's really interesting to like be reminded of that. I've, <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know if it's accurate. Like my desire to strength train more consistently is there, but I, I'm just not getting good enough sleep. And mm-hmm. every time I'm like, okay, I have time. I can get over there. I can have a good 45 minute workout. I can just feel the depletion. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, it'll be better drinking a lot of water, eating a good meal and maybe doing some restorative exercise. Yes. Like, and it's like, it's this battle of like, I want to look more toned for the summer. I want to, you know, I have these other like aesthetic and fitness and uh, athletic goals, but the season, even though my kid is like, a year and a half old is still a a thing. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's okay. Like it's okay to let that be a lower priority because I'm prioritizing other stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, usually since I've started cycle training, I'm like raring to go once my period hits those first two weeks. I like, I just get really excited about lifting and like doing all the things. But this last month I'm like, I can't like, I just, I like, don't, it's almost like I don't trust my body. Not that I don't trust my body, but I can just feel it like deep. I'm like, if I do this, I'm going to pay for this, like (laughs) right now a little bit, you know what I mean? And so it's gosh, sleep is just like so important. Also, I'm a little worried (laughs) that I am 
training my bladder to wake up at night and have to pee because (laughs) for five weeks now when I get up and get them out I'm like well I really don't want to have to wake up later and once you wake up it's like you might as well go pee because you know otherwise you're gonna just lay in bed and wonder if you have to go pee and now I'm like waking up the dogs are gone you're gonna be waking up to the pee (laughs) our bladder so our bladder is a fast learner and so (laughs) it if you it shouldn't take too long for that to get back on track but i did like an old reel on this pulling your knees up towards your chest or sitting in like a child's pose taking a few breaths into your back and into your pelvic floor uh usually kind of helps you go back to sleep i use those tips because i remember your reel and so like last night she oh my gosh we have literally never let our dogs sleep in bed with us ever we've had dogs for like 11 years but these are tiny little dogs you had always have had huge dogs so we only have one left because one of them got adopted on wednesday and so Mm -hmm. there's only one left and we were having her by the bed in a with a gate around her and the first night we put her in there she climbed right out and like one time she climbed out she got her foot stuck in it and she was like hanging by her leg oh, no. and I was like okay this is not safe you can't be in this pen but like we have no other options so she's been sleeping with us but she kind of wrestled you know was like restless at like 3 30 this morning but didn't have to pee and so I'm like laying there I'm like okay do I have to pee I don't think I have to pee but let's do some quick flicks let's breathe into our pelvic floor <laughs> let's make sure we like shut that down <laughs> so yeah. Go back to bed. <laughs> yeah so oh yeah it's good times. Uh, yeah I think that is the so in terms of the cycle of urinary incontinence or like the, I call it like the slippery slope of peeing your pants is frequency right and like new moms who are up every couple of hours and are like oh well I was up with the baby I may as well go pee so we're going more frequently and then when we fall into that pattern of going more frequently then our just you know our brain goes oh we've got to empty when we're less full so then we run into the urgency and then um, when we then have urgency we can end up with a little urgency incontinence or even if we don't end up with urgency incontinence that balance of like squeeze of the bladder squeeze of the pelvic floor um, coordination that gets thrown off increases our likelihood of having stress incontinence um, because then our pattern of pelvic floor contraction and bladder contraction isn't online the way it should be so we sneeze or we cough or we jump and when the pelvic floor should be contracting and a bladder should be relaxed it's, they're both contracting and then we're gonna yeah oh my yeah. gosh I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. I pooped my pants. <laughs> Is this a recent occurrence? Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. I'm. I think Bobby and Cam had COVID, oh, but yeah. I think they had like the GI version because they were both like throwing up and diarrhea and like for a couple of days. At, like the day after, they were feeling better that next like the next morning my stomach was just like not feeling great uh but I was, I was like no I'm not getting it I refuse like I, <laughs> I hate throwing up like I was like no I just won't eat <laughs> just like, you know so I was like thinking I was like on the edge of of getting it 
but yeah, my stomach was really, really upset. And so I'm sitting at my, I was just like sitting at my desk and I had like a gas movement in my stomach and probably should have just gotten up and like gone to the bathroom. But I was like, no, this doesn't feel like it's poop. It feels like it's just gas. (laughs) And so I like tried to release a little bit of gas and it was not gas. (laughs) And I like, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like this has happened to me before. Thank God I'm working from home. Like thank God I'm at my house. (laughs) At the same time, I was like, oh my, now I know. Like, cause you know, I had never experienced that before and it was awful really yeah Yeah. like it's awful and having to like it stinks and it's gross and like that whole morning I had like poopy I was just had like GI problems and I was like oh thanks thanks husband and child for (laughs) (laughs) um but it's funny because I was like oh so our rectum has this like sensing reflex and the sensing reflex tells us if it's gas solid poop or liquid and helps us decide like should we let the gas out or should we squeeze tighter and make go to the bathroom and so I think when we have like GI concerns or pelvic floor concerns that sensing reflex is is off and literally ever since then I don't I'm I don't trust myself oh geez (laughs) right like I'm nervous like now I'm have this like this memory of poop coming out when I don't want it and and so I'm let like I have been running with a little bit more posterior tension Ah. I think as like uh I'm in public right now I don't want to release my fart because we we were talking about on the podcast how I like love to just let my farts out yeah how happy is Bobby right now that you're not farting all the time (laughs) did I tell you about when he was on a zoom call (laughs) he was on a class he was on a like a his team like they have teams and Uh he was on the zoom and I just assumed he was muted and so I'm in the hallway and I like have a really loud fart and he looks at me and he's like and I was like do you think that they thought it was him oh my god I I don't know I don't know if they could have even heard it but he was so bad he was like hey like it's important oh it's so funny so anyway yeah so I have not had any fecal incontinence issues since then and I think it was related to having you know type what is it oh my gosh I always get the type directions type five or type sevens I was having some type seven issues the stool Uh, yeah like I think from a emotional standpoint in a pelvic floor tension standpoint dealing with fecal incontinence definitely will drive up more of that tension and from I would say it's a minority of my clients who deal with fecal issues um just based on kind of how my practice is right now but when people have bladder issues often I say I know it sounds counterintuitive I know it sounds scary but we do need to let these muscles go in order to uh, find a balance point that then we're going to have more control. But I I know that, Mm -hmm. right. But I could absolutely see how easy it would be to fall into this perpetual, like guarding holding because of the fear 
the the risk of pooping your pants is greater than the risk of peeing your pants right in yeah, public for sure right from from a you know like you can't you can't work through the rest of a patient if you've shit yourself yeah yeah like from you know um and so then it's like oh you know should i should i have packed extra clothes should i like you know all of those all of those types of things and so um yeah it was a if we're talking about experiencing what our clients experience and what that feels like and how difficult that that could be um it was a it was a cool experience to then just have had it happen <laughs> yeah so my butt has been real tight this week to the point where like i and and i'm sure it's the leg lifting um those two days and the squats that really like i thought i was fine because you think of like squats like oh no big deal you know, squats are squats, but it just like torsion my system so much. And the, even to the fact, like when Ash and I had sex, I was like, this feels weird. Like this was not like, it doesn't, it's not painful, but this is like tight. Like something does not feel right here. And so I've been toying with the idea, no pun intended of trying out the wand and seeing mm -hmm. what uh I, you know i am very guarded back there i don't want anything oh, anything yeah. around the back door <laughs> at all <laughs> um but i'm kind of like well maybe that would be a, maybe i should take this opportunity when i'm symptomatic yeah. and have a tight butt to I see think, what happens and i think like playing with vibration just externally oh i was gonna say <laughs> i I don't know External. if I'd be ready for vibration of my butthole. <laughs> no, no, no. Just to like de not desensitize, but like get um like the because really the the challenge I think when we're talking about like rectal treatment is the sphincters, mm -hmm. right? Because because the sphincters reflexively really are the gatekeeper, <laughs> and no so once joke. we get once we get past the the gatekeeper then it's like okay now we can truly get into those pelvic floor muscles a a brand kind of reached out and i mean brands reach out and that doesn't always turn into any like you know doesn't always turn into anything but this particular brand uh, is like a sex positive company and they have i was like looking at all their products and they've really um they have cool little like small vibrators that that I feel like would be cool for yeah, like desensitization because they, they don't look, they're not phallic really. They're not, they're just cute and like pretty. Cute. <laughs> A cute they vibrator. Have, like, they have other like good high quality lubes and, um, but they have plugs. They have like a whole like small, a series of like small butt plugs. And I was like, I feel like a butt plug would be a cool like foray into that in terms of like it could be also associated with arousal and then you know i think that would be uh, we have interesting. we have plenty of butt plugs in the treasure chest <laughs> <laughs> well that's perfect but, so, and but I think they have not like, been used in a hot minute <laughs> so i feel like the like sometimes the the, the intimidating thing to me about like that is that they sometimes look really big 
Oh, some of them are very big. Yeah, but these <laughs> ones are like really like they're silicone and they are like smooth. And then the the uh, actual like before the handle is like pretty small. Yeah. And so then I feel like that would be better on the sphincters. So what's nice about them versus and I have let's just caveat this very little experience, personal experience with buttons. Yeah. I have zero. So throwing it all out there. I'm but, interested. <laughs> so like a wand or like a dilator. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that little notch at the end. end. Yeah. So the butt plug like has that not so or not um it tapers at the end so it mm-hmm. doesn't like pop out because if you use something that is just mm. straight you're that reflex of like pooping mm. if you, if you get that reflex it, it just like pushes it out whereas um the butt plugs specifically are designed to kind of let those sphincters close a little bit over the mm-hmm. end but still have the plug in there so it's yeah (laughs) like with with clients historically we we we've talked about that that we're we want that like we want them to practice pushing it out Mm -hmm. um because they have issues with like eliminate like constipation or but as far as like stretch it would be nice to keep it like there's a time when you think yes to like put it in and just leave it for Mm -hmm. a little bit um mm-hmm. yeah I well I, we have some homework hey <laughs> I, I don't know what it is okay so yeah it's wrapping to me, back it's not oh yeah to, to me it's not sex a ed talk mm-hmm. there's a lot and i don't know why i don't know why but i feel like there's a lot of shame with like anal and mm-hmm. and like butt stuff and i don't know i've never had a bad experience and i but I think it's probably how I was taught, you know, like I didn't even know anal sex was a thing until I don't know, probably high school. I mean, is that normal? I don't know when people find out about anal sex, but, and it was always associated for me with homosexuality. Yeah. And like, not that that's a bad thing at all, but it was like, oh, well, you know, I have a vagina. Why would I need to use my butt? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. So yeah, to me, it's just never been an area that I'm I've been interested in yeah me neither and so that doesn't mean that it couldn't expand the experience or um, relationship or whatever it's it's just never truly never been like "Mm, I'm interested in in this but maybe getting there with this I don't know (laughs) yeah I I mean I need to like from a from a pelvic and and on this same line of like experiencing what our clients experience or yeah for the sake of knowing and for the sake of being confident to talk on something doesn't mean that we should blow through any personal boundaries we have or uh, personal preferences that we have but yeah I think I might be able to convince myself with the approach of like this could be therapeutic (laughs) this could help your yeah. You relax your butt. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if it'll work, but maybe yeah. I'll try. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And like, I feel like anal sex has always had this aura around it of like, um, you know, the fringe and like, yeah. why did that? I don't know. I think it's a like religious potentially type 
I mean, you're not going to conceive that way. So. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, what's like, so, so I had a professor in, in undergrad who um, we randomly, we, it was like an honor section class. It was like a small section. This professor was awesome. And he was like, you know what? I don't understand Americans. Cause he was like South American guy. And he's like, I don't understand why sex like penis and vagina sex or like is so or sex in general is so taboo and so hidden and so you know in the shadows he's like but he's like all of the you know in South America we talk about sex we we're open about it we're you know it's it's part of our culture he's like we're Americans are just like having butt sex all the time because they think (laughs) it's protecting their virginity (laughs) Yeah. I, and I think not having had like the, the big, like religious feelings around it more so of like, that's not really something that I'm interested in sexually, but yeah, it was, his perspective was interesting on, yeah. Like somehow if you have anal, you're still a virgin and yeah. that maybe that comes back to the like sort of social construction of virginity and whatever. Maybe. Yeah. And the friends that I have that have anal say it's great so I don't know like I wonder like what makes it pleasurable because you know obviously vaginal sex you have your clitoris that's making it pleasurable (laughs) but like what is it about anal sex that would be pleasurable (laughs) I don't know I can't crickets that's why that's (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's for males, the prostate. Right. That makes sense to me. The prostate. For females, I think it it could, it would, could access various erogenous centers in a different way, right? Like these tubes aren't that, they're very close to each other. You could still access different um, (laughs) erogenous zones anally, I think. So, So, you know how I'm always... Well, I've said it to you a couple of times how I'm like the sensation of pooping, like having a good poop is like the best feeling yeah. in the world. Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe this ties into um, <laughs> having a good poop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we like, I feel yeah. like most topics were just like jibber, jibber, jibber. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything to contribute to this. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I I mean, know your bush. Love your bush. Share, Share the, bush the bush you love. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.